Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're continuing our story and journey through Genesis. And today we find ourselves continuing the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but now we're focusing on how did it end. I mean, obviously, we talked about how it ended. Kaboom! The place, yeah. Despite the grace God was willing to show it, he gets there. It really is as bad as the reports had made it to heaven. There's nobody righteous around here. Not even 10. Not even 10. Uh, but the angels are willing to try to spare Lot and his family, probably partially because, A, Lot isn't great. The Bible does want you to, like, catch on. Like, he's willing to offer his virgin daughters to be raped. Like, that's pretty messed up. And this guy's the judge of the city. So, like, whatever his judgment is, it's skewed. It is not very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did try to save these angels, and so now the angels are trying to save him. So the angels, who apparently didn't really need any saving in the first place, seem to blind uh, the men that are trying to rape them. Um, He blinds them uh, so that uh, they can't see anymore. Uh, one, One commentator I really like wonders, like, as far as, like, the blinding goes... Was it actually that the angels emitted a blinding light? Because the angels, when they show up, or just spiritual beings in general, are thought to be what? Stars, right? Mm -hmm. The heavenly hosts live up there. These two particular heavenly hosts came down to the earth. They're angels. So maybe just as the stars are bright and spiritual beings throughout the Bible are bright, Jesus, when he shows that he is a spiritual being on the Mount of Transfiguration, He's bright, so maybe these angels too are just like, here's who we are, you know. And, so and it is like touched by an angel. <laughs> I would not call the Roma Downey Jr. exhibiting a particular high level of brightness in those spotlight moments. <laughs> Have you seen Touched by? We've been over this, right? We've been over this a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah. They always the scene goes dark, and then a spotlight <laughs> gently hovers above their head. I'm an angel sent from God. <laughs> the, uh, the formulaic ending of every episode. With a dove flying across the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but these angels who, uh, I don't know if Lot knew that they were angels. Because he's the one who's like entertaining angels without knowing it. Because uh, they're called to be men throughout this. I think they, they do think that they're just men. And I think we're about to see why that. Uh, the angels... Um, They pressed hard against the man Lot, drew near to break the door down, but the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And then struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so everybody, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, so these angels, who Lot probably just thinks are men, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place? For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against his people has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So these angels have some kind of like representation as to if this place should go down or not and some kind of power to bring upon it. Uh, Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. Now how do the sons react they thought he was joking. They thought he was joking. 
So, like, he comes into the room. There's a mob outside. And he comes in and is like, Yahweh is going to destroy this place. And his family's like, <laughs> you know, like, okay. That's funny. Yeah, like, this is the reaction of the, the family that's about to be spared. So we're not getting a good look at these sons-in-law, who I'm guessing are also residents of Sodom and Gomorrah, is probably where they've been met, right? Mm -hmm. They're not married yet. They're going to marry his daughters. So wait, they were in the back? Uh, it said Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, because they told him, go get any of your family that you have. Right. So we don't know where they're at, but I'm guessing Lot left the house to go find them, unless... With the giant mob surrounding it? Well, they were blind now. So, I don't know. Either way, he finds the rest and is telling them, let's get out of here. Morning dawns and the angels urge Lot, take your wife and your two daughters out of here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. Again, Lot is not looking great. Lot, you gotta get out of here. The place is about to blow. Okay. Listen, he was just following action movie rules. Give me a minute. And, and waiting until the clock strikes one minute left before he leaves. And that's exactly why we... But, you know, like, that's for the sake of action. This is for the sake of, like, am I really going to leave here? I don't, I don't know. Like, he's not being obedient, right? Uh, so the men seized him. The angels grab him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. Why? The Lord being merciful to him. He's going to die. Lot is going to die. The only reason he doesn't is because these angels are being merciful and trying to get him out. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So now we're like, okay, whew, finally, right? No, the story is still not over. And as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. You've shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I cannot escape to the hills lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Like he's still afraid, like, I can't move fast enough or I can't run over there. Like it's gonna, the explosion's gonna catch up with me. And uh, he then sees a little town uh, and he's like, the city, that city is near enough for me to flee to, and it's a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? <laughs> and my life will be saved. Uh, this town's called Zoar, which in Hebrew means uh, little. <laughs> so, so clearly there's this play about it being little, but in his mind he's got to be thinking like, it can't be so bad in a little town like that. Like... Let me go over there. You're not going to blow that place up, right? I'll be safe from the judgment over there. Like, it's this pushback constantly. Like, we're trying to save your freaking life. <laughs> it's like, Let me just go over there, not, not up a hill. <laughs> I mean, it really reminds me of a lot of times how kids typically react. Yes. Like, for example, when, you know, you're trying to convince them to do something... You're like, all right, I need you to go here. But what if I want to go there? Or I want to go there. Or how about I go there? Like, they're trying to find every excuse to do something different than what you just told them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, God being merciful via these angels, the angels say, behold, 
I grant you this favor also. <laughs> you know, it's like favor after favor so far. You're up to two, three yeah. strikes and you're out. I grant you this favor also that I will not overthrow the city, city which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. So like Sodom and Gomorrah, again, is not going to be punished until they evacuate the... I don't even know at this point if righteous is the right word at all. But at least those who did these Good. angels a favor and were trying to like protect them, you know, or weren't a part of the mob. They weren't as bad as everybody else. Uh, and so he escapes there to a city named Zoar. What's interesting about Zoar is if you were to go back to Genesis 14:8, you would see that Zoar teamed up in a, a battle with Sodom and Gomorrah in a war. So like, <laughs> so it's probably not much better. Yeah, it's at least like a little bit better. You're at least thinking allies, right? Yeah. Like Sodom and Gomorrah have teamed up with Zoar before. So it's it's kind of it reminds me when Lot was given a choice. Where do you want to pitch your tent? Where do you want to where do you want to go live? He gets close to Sodom and Gomorrah, as though like this is the way that I'm headed. Now he has to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. They tell him exactly where to go, but he's like, eh, how about Zoar? Which is kind of like pitching your tent close to Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. Like, let me go live in the allies, that, that land over there. So God is patient, merciful, and the angels give him these favors until uh, by the time he finally gets there, Lot gets to Zoar. And then the Lord rains on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire uh, from the Lord out of heaven. He overthrew these cities and all the valley, all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So you have someone still <laughs> running for dear life. And then I'm trying to remember... Was this a rule that was given to her? It was back up The here. angel. Yeah, the angel say, escape your life. Do not look back. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. So they've given them favor upon favor. As Casey said, with your third one, you're out, I third guess. Third strike, you're uh, out. That's not the rules that are being followed here. <laughs> but it does so happen that by the third favor of, like, don't look back, she still looks back. Rather than focusing on what's ahead, rather than doing what they've been told, she shows that this family is dysfunctional when it comes to following the rules and following God. She looks back, becomes a pillar of salt, which I don't know about you guys. In my mind, I always saw a salt shaker when I was a kid. Anybody else? No? I always imagined more of like a statue. Yeah, okay, so that's... It's like, oh yeah, it's made of salt, but like in my head it just looks like a stone statue. <laughs> that makes a whole lot more sense. In my mind, it's like, <laughs> like just a few grains of salt on the ground that you put in a salt shaker. Uh, Olivia's perception, which I'm guessing is also Casey's. I mean, well, but the pillar part is the weird part to me. Because like, I'm thinking pillar of fire, cloud of fire. Yeah. Like... They're a pillar of fire, cloud, pillar of cloud. Hmm. And like, using that language, like, coming up in Exodus, and like, now a pillar of salt. Hmm. I'm thinking like, a giant pillar stretching to the sky of like... Not to the sky, but okay. Do we have any like, formations 
in America or elsewhere where we look at that and like we have stories as to how they came about? Oh, uh, the Grand Canyon. Right. And our stories as to how that was created was like a river. A river. River, right. Is that actually somewhat accurate though? Mm -hmm. I think okay. so. It was just over time the water carved through. Yeah. Do we have anything more like mythological sounding of any other like Stonehenge, I guess, like no, you see these and you wonder like how it got there. And I'm sure people have made up stories over the mm -hmm. centuries, right? We have anything like that. I mean, eventually Mount Rushmore will become that. Uh, <laughs> after the great apocalypse, who are these beings? We don't, we don't have a lot of like... Well, yeah, we're more that, Western but... enlightened, so we don't have like a lot of mythology. I'm just trying to think like if there was anything out there. How did these come to be? Well, son, let me tell you the story. You know, things like yeah. that. Because it's possible that there is a little bit of that with her turning into a pillar of salt is... Uh, um, it's been like in a pre-Christian book, there's one called the wisdom of Solomon. And it says that there's a pillar of salt by the dead sea. Like it, it stands as a memorial to an unbelieving soul. That's what the wisdom of Solomon says. Uh, likewise, Josephus, who's like a famous early historian, he claims to have seen that pillar of salt in his day. Uh, so I guess the only other closest thing that we have would be kind of Roswell, New Mexico, of like alien ideas. Yeah, so some kind of mythology. But it's still not like we saw a formation and we right. wonder. So it, it does seem that there, I don't know that it's still there today, but it does seem that there was a salt tradition at some point. Mom, how did the salt come to be in this weird area right here? Well, son, let me tell you the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So um, there became like this almost like monument of sorts behind like in the same way throughout the bible there's times where they make they put a bunch of rocks in a spot which <laughs> sounds weird to us but the reason they do it is like this is a memorial to us when we see these rocks we know what they represent in the same way when they saw this salt structure if this salt structure was based around this which we we wonder um then you see that you might wonder either is that this person or is this part of like the story of that person is based around this. Uh, but either way, you know, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we've been seeing Lot's family is not great. It's kind of like with Noah's family, right? Noah was the one who was blameless in his time. His family was saved as well. But Noah's family, we see some very questionable things happen after. You can go watch our episode, What's the Deal with Noah and Ham, to see like what's going on there. But just like how some of the flood culture this like corrupt flood culture came through the flood with Noah's family. So I wonder if the like corrupted culture of Sodom and Gomorrah comes out of Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot's family. Uh, because eventually we're going to see that um, some of that culture. Interesting things occur. Yes. The very next story, right, is like Lot and his daughters, they're all devastated. Their daughters, how are we going to have a child? Well, well I guess we'll have to sleep with dad now. Like, there are other ways to have a child. Especially since they're now living in that yeah, smaller in city, Zoar. Yeah. Uh, but they lived in a cave, at least at this well, point. they haven't made it yet. And the conclusion they reached is there's not a man on earth who will come to us after the manner of all the earth. Like, I, I think they're thinking, like, uh, 
based on what's happened, we came from there. Like, no one's going to want to have anything to do with us. We're the people who, like, came out of that judgment and, and things like that. And so rather than, like, I would say that was a pretty big jump. <laughs> Yeah, in their logic. No one will ever want to marry us now that we came out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's just have sex with dad so that we can have children. Children are everything in our culture. And we'll go from there. Like, that feels like the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, that's a big jump. And for them, that was the next logical conclusion. So, we see... Lot's story continues. It was kind of sketchy when it started moving towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And now we see the fullness of, like, his family wasn't even saved well. <laughs> Their salvation story is not even a very, like, good one. Yeah, they, they had casualties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and what's interesting with it, uh, when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. How did Lot eventually come to like be saved from this? Well, Abraham was a righteous person who stepped in on his behalf and petitioned God. Not explicitly, but you know a lot of what Abraham's getting at is, you're about to take out the place where my nephew lives. Would you consider 10 righteous people? Right? Like, it's his bargaining that, that gets to that point. And I feel like you see that today sometimes. I know it sounds weird, but like, I think of one guy who got really involved in New Age stuff to the point that he became a leader in the New Age movement. He grew up a Christian, just left all that behind, became, uh, he was in like, I think high school and just became super wealthy because his webpage took off because he had this crazy New Age experience and people were really looking up to him for it. Um, and his mom was always praying for him, always praying. And, you know, you'd think that this guy would just be lost. Like, he's never coming back. People look up to him. Uh, he's found a way to, in his new age movement, to make Jesus just be like another guy who had experiences. And he's fit Jesus into the new age instead of fit his life into Jesus. Anyways, his life is just so, like, mentally focused in the wrong direction uh, and he's he's chasing after all these different kinds of sins he says it's sins that you would never expect anyone to like really admit to committing like his life got really dark and it's somehow in the midst of like all that darkness that that's what finally woke him up he's like what am I doing like no one does these kinds of things and he suddenly knew that he had to repent and that his life was all messed up and for him, I, if I remember right, like he's always talking about how his mom never gave up, was always praying for him. That I feel like he thinks that that's like a big part that brought him back. Mm. We've all heard stories like that, right? Like right. the faithful parent who's just constantly on their knees before God, like, please don't let them leave you. Please bring them back. I kind of feel like that's Abraham and Lot. Like, I can see it. Lot's on the verge. He's going to get blown up. You know, great. If he's the picture of what justice in Sodom and Gomorrah looks like, because he's the judge there, that's bad. His judgment is not good, and yeah. his family is not good. <laughs> yeah, and as we see right here, God remembered Abraham and, and saved Lot. It's not necessarily because of anything Lot did, a little bit, like, 
but it's also because God had made a deal with Abraham. And uh, I don't know. I think that should speak volumes to our prayers, our petitions before God. We talked a few episodes ago about how Abraham kind of looks like he's having a divine counsel moment with God. In the divine counsel of the heavens, God has, uh, uh, he puts questions before other spiritual beings and asks for their input. He did that with Abraham. All right, Abraham, I'm going to go bring judgment upon this place. Abraham speaks into it. God listens. And Lot ultimately is remembered because of a conversation that God had with Abraham. So if you need a takeaway from this story, remember your prayers are important, that God does hear them. And uh, you can talk to us more about what your prayers are by... Joining us on the Discord. I set you guys up every time. It's like no one remembers how we end this. Well, no, I was figuring out who's going to say it. Because you, you, you set us up in a different way every time. You so like sure. this way, Fine. it's like specifically I need to start with the Discord. Because if I say like, comment, subscribe down below, then it's, it's like... It's in the wrong order yeah. than what you just said. Never mind. Just do those things. We'll see you there.